Okay, wait, from the top. Allie, okay. go. The same thing? Mm-hmm. Okay. We're gonna recreate magic here. No, okay, I'll give you a verb. Go. <laughs> That's your verb. Welcome to Hollow Earth. This is Conspiracy Say What. I'm your host, one of Allie. Yeah. That's Jason. That's Cam. We have this new guy who's sort of new. We've already done a podcast with him, but what's your name? What is my name? Ah, who pick a fake name. Yeah, what are you doing this time? Oh. Pick a fake... Uh, it's gotta be... It's it's it has to do with my real name somehow. Ebert. Yeah, there we go. Ebert. There you go. Yeah. Ebert. This is Ebert. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be joining us today as our first guest. And sitting next to him is the completely stunned Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's Cameron. What are we talking about today? You want to NPR this? <laughs> I don't think you want me to NPR this. Cameron. What are we talking about today? We're, um, today we're going to be talking about the Earth and some of its more hollow entry points. Uh, going to be talking about some holes, some different people that have gone through holes. All right, thanks. Robert, <laughs> tell us about yourself. Well, I uh, am on today as our resident science expert. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Ali's sarcasm notwithstanding, I know a thing or two about science, and I'm here to correct Cam when he goes off the rails. I am always on the rails. Uh-huh. I'm just skating along. You don't skate on rails. You can. But you don't. But you can. <laughs> so I have a question for you. Tell us about the first conspiracy that ever entered your life, and, I don't know, intrigued you. What's your conspiracy origin story? Oh... Um, I guess it was uh, the lizard people. Mm. Reptilians. I like it. Yeah. That's yeah. A, um, yeah, that's a strong story. <clears throat> if anything, I'm definitely a skeptic. I'm firmly all the way over here in skepticism land. And I remembered thinking like, wow, that's really interesting. Like there are people who are replacing others and it turns out they're reptilians. Oh man, I can't wait to see the proof. And it's like, Blurry photos of somebody taking a picture of a car window, and so you can kind of see somebody's, like, face is a little longer than it should be in a reflection. Did you ever think about that's because the reptilians move just too fast for us? They're just a little no camera. Too- doesn't sound like you've thought about that. I think you should take a step back and think more about the reptilians and how there are overlords in this universe. Uh, they are pretty great, though. Have you ever seen the pictures of Obama's eyes that are definitely, definitely not photoshopped? Oh, those, that's oh, the best. Oh, yeah. <laughs> With, like, the, the nictitating membranes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like, these are lizard eyes. It looks like you put deer eyes in his head, but... <laughs> yeah. I don't know much about reptilians, but, I mean, reptile from Mortal Kombat's pretty cool. He is pretty cool. He's pretty good in the movie. Wait, which one? The first one. Okay. So we're not talking about Annihilation. Is he even in Annihilation? I don't remember. That's a trip. A topic for another day. But today's topic is Hollow Earth, part that Earth one. Is hollow. We're at we're at part one. This is Phantom part Earth. one. We are. Sp- God knows how many there will be. We're splitting. Our goal here is to split it into three parts. Uh, but this is part one. This Phantom is part Earth. one. Phantom Earth. Phantom Earth. Why is it called Phantom Earth? Because I really like JoJo, and okay. I was trying to come up with puns earlier. I see. Yeah. 
Would you prefer Hollow Blood? That's what I thought. Phantom Earth. Hollow Blood. That sounds very anime. <laughs> oh yeah. Speaking of anime, the Earth is hollow. <laughs> <laughs> Where should we start? Right. Well, I mean, so what is this theory mainly about? It's, I mean, it's like the obvious. Earth the Earth is hollow, but there's more to it than that. There's a lot of different beliefs about what's inside of a hollow Earth, how it works being hollow, whether or not there's multiple layers, uh, which we'll kind of get into with Haley. Uh, Halley. Halley, whatever you want to call him. The Haley. comet guy. The comet The man. meteor of truth. Uh, it's not a meteor. <laughs> yeah. I know. That's my opinion. There's, there's, How did you say that? There's, there's, mytholo- there's mythologies. There's people who wrote books. There's uh, people who have supposedly been there. There's people who want to be there. There's people who are trying to be there. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different theories that go around about what Hollow Earth is. I mean, it, it's something that not only has it been around in mythology, but I mean, just like on record in terms of like modern-ish eras, like it's been around since mid-1600s as well. Like it's something that's been popularized for a very, very long time. As uh, an actual theory. As an actual theory. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and then there's all the mythology stuff and that uh, kind of that's correlates. But the whole idea is, is that there is a hollow point inside the Earth and we're going to get into what that might mean. What is your name in this episode? Yeah, I think it was Ebert. It's Ebert. Ebert. His actual name is Robert. I already said that. Yeah. Uh, Get on my level. Yeah, seriously. Talking about levels, uh, let's go through the levels of mythology here, right? The levels of inner worlds. Um, We have, like, pretty much any civilization, if you look back in mythology, like, the vast majority of them, they have some type of belief in a world beneath ours. Uh, Some kind of underworld or power or something. and uh, a lot of so a lot of information that I got from this comes from a book by David Standish called The Hollow Earth. Uh, one of the things he said in there that I like is arguing the difference between a subterranean Earth and a hollow Earth is kind of pointless in this case because a lot of times they blend. So like they'll frequently blend with each other. So in this case, even if it's like subterranean beliefs, we're probably just going to go with the hollow theory there. Uh, just as kind of a little note there. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a whole bunch of people, almost everybody there's there's like, cause there's like Greeks believed in it. Native Americans. Yeah. We've got uh, the, uh, the Sumerians who had Kigal. We had Egypt, which had Duat. Uh, we had Roman Greece, which was Hades, uh, India, which is Naraka Norse. We have hell H E L. Uh, Christians, we have hell, H E double L. Yeah, I was gonna say H E double hockey sticks. H E double hockey sticks. That's probably the one, at least in America, I think most people are familiar with. And we talked about in a past episode, the South has heck, of course. Yeah. Uh, but then we also have uh, Buddhism, uh, which is something that actually flows into more modern belief of Hollow Earth. And it's that where the name is comes from. Agartha, Agarti, or Agartha. There's a whole bunch of different names for it. Uh, it's kind of an interesting one. It's a subterranean paradise built as a possible home for an advanced civilization. Uh, and it was brought into prominence mostly for modern sensibilities by like a 19th century occultist, uh, who believed that that's where Christians would eventually be led to if they followed the 10 commandments of God. So the one thing that, um, kind of intrigued me as I was going through this list was, well, yeah, pretty much every um, major religion in each major group uh, had some sort of version of the underworld. Uh, It was actually kind of split in two. Half of them seemed to think that that is where people came from. Uh, That is where, like, people originated out of the ground Mm. and then colonized this upper world. And the other half believed that that is where you go when you die. Yeah. Okay. Which ones think it's an origin? 
Um, there are several Native American tribes. Um, there's some Celtic legends. Yeah. Do, do the do the people who believe those the origins still believe in like Pangea, on like uh, on like us being like an entire continent? I, that's at the beginning because that was the explanation of like people being all over the place. You know, just because yeah. like, like people from because we all started in Africa mm-hmm. and then just kind of spread out. We just kind of walked everywhere. Mm-hmm. Is that like the antithesis to that? You know what I mean? I, I imagine it's their, uh, it's the ancient reconciliation of not understanding that the con- continents are moving. Mm. Therefore, we all must have come from the underground. Ground. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, cool. These these also, like, not only do we have multiple underworlds, but they're also very, very consistently the same thing. Like, they're usually very dark. They're usually very cold, often damp. I mean, it's like, like you said, it's where the place where dead goes a lot of times. It's very um, dank. Even dank, even in cultures dank. who didn't necessarily like know what was down there, they would even put their dead like in underground caverns. I mean, we've found caverns now that are like underneath the water, just like multiple feet of water, and it's just littered with bones, which means people used to go down there mm-hmm. to just drop bodies. Bones. So, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> but I think the most popular one that's still around is the Agartha one. Because that's kind of the modern name for the hollow earth world. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, Agartha, well, I mean, Agartha was brought up because in terms of the past mythologies, at least the ones that I found, it is the most vivid out of all of the, like, inner world mythologies. It just makes me think of all the maps. Well, yeah. Because <laughs> a lot of them are like, this is Agartha. And, like, well, yeah. And if you look at old uh, Buddhist maps, they looked at the inside as being, like, more pristine as what was on the outside as well so which is i think why oddly enough christians attach themselves to agartha the buddhist belief i just think it's interesting but yeah uh that that's kind of like the basis for the mythology of it let's talk about science but let's go into science uh and a lot of this science really starts with uh the royal society of london and that recruited everybody yeah that was created in the 1660s the whole point was to get rid of magic and alchemy and even religion, even though most of them were still religious. Uh, it was to push all that aside and focus on actual facts, things that they could observe, something they could find, something tangible to hold for the most part for the time. Um, These are my favorite guys. Yeah. Uh, they know what they're doing. They, and they had a whole bunch of members in there. Isaac Newton, who all of you should have heard about, otherwise I'm going to be very disappointed in you. <laughs> Robert Hooke. Uh, another physicist, other Robert Boyle. Did you write these notes? <laughs> Might have. Other Robert, as in other Robert. <laughs> How many Roberts can we mention in this podcast? <laughs> we got two. Um, and uh, we got a Robert Wren, who I'm not mm. actually familiar with. Yeah, I'm not super familiar with uh, Christopher Wren. Robert Hooke was very important, though. Uh, looking into, like, talking about looking into worlds, like he saw smaller worlds that nobody had really seen before. Nobody had really, like, really taken the time to think about how small their, like, little creatures could be, like, compared to us. So there was a bunch of sciencey people in London, okay? And so there was this other guy, and he came up with some theories and stuff. Yeah, some theories Kim, and stuff. In you want to talk of... about Kircher, or you want to talk about Haley Halley? So one of the most important people in terms of trying to figure out how the Earth, like, worked, like, what was inside of our planet, uh, was Athanasius Kircher, Athanasius but he had two very important drawings that he developed of the earth one was uh 
showing the lava tubes that ran through the earth, which he believed there was a very hot, fiery core that spit lava out in these tubes that then went to volcanoes. Uh, and that volcanoes had just kind of always been placed there, and therefore those tubes just continued to flow outward. However, at the same time, he believed that surrounding all of that were these lakes that could possibly support life. Um, and those that's where all the water came from. Those went through little water tubes. Um, this isn't so much important for Hollow Earth as it stands from like his own theory, but it, it will become important uh, in our part two. We kind of go into the literature and some of the things different writers were inspired by. Um, and it's just kind of the original mapping of what was possibly on the inside of our planet besides like supernatural realms. Something more scientific magic. for its day. Yeah. Magic. Something not as Alchemy. magical. Yeah. And compared to a lot of the uh, other, uh, putting massive air quotes around scientists that we're going to talk about, <laughs> um, this isn't that far off from the truth. Because the yeah. earth is hollow? No. It's, <laughs> the, the earth is a series of tubes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. That's a really old tube earth. No one's gonna flat earth is tube earth. Is starting to understand? No. The hoops, the I'm hoops, starting to understand how it works. The tubes. We the are tubes. very much like in ant farm, right? Where you have like them going down in their little tubes, but on the top it's flat. Very much like Earth. I I enjoy it. I get what you're saying. Thank you. I'm happy we All brought right. on Let's the get science into the, for this one. To yeah. our <laughs> already losing to our boy. Mind. Let's get into our boy. Okay, Hallie. Haley. Ha. Edmund. Hallie. He's most famous for Haley's comet. His name is spelled Hallie. Because yeah. he was a cool dude, and he looked at the stars. He looked at. You know what the else stars. he thought about? The Earth. The inside of it. Okay. <laughs> he couldn't um, stop thinking about it. So can we talk about the comet real quick? This, this is one of the reasons why Halley yeah. or Haley or whatever you want to call him was the most important. Uh, with Haley's comet, it was something that had been observed for, I mean, like centuries. Mm-hmm. This is something that had periodically shown up repeatedly. We know now over and over and over again, but it had always been thought of to be a different thing. But it oftentimes, for some reason, shows up during important periods and like different things happening supposedly it showed up a lot of people think uh it was there at jesus's birth a lot of people think it was there during like these huge battles it's on the um the bayo tapestry which is like this large war and you if you look on that tapestry there are people pointing to the sky like in fear of this thing just flying by and that is what we know as Haley's comet now he's the only person to ever put any sense into it though and this is just important because it's what it's what kind of put him on the map as a scientist, really. It's one of the big things. But more than the stars, honestly, since he was a teenager, he was more focused on magnetism. That was one of the things that was his passion. He was obsessed with it. And so uh, that's where this theory came from. And that's where this theory came from. It was an attempted explanation for um, like weird compass readings like... Why is it going the wrong way or back and forth or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's just consider for a moment that maybe there's multiple layers of Earth's rotating different ways <gasps> underneath us. But that, they didn't know that at the time. Uh, that's his theory. Right. That's his theory. I'm saying, but they didn't know when the when the magnetic compass was first invented. Like, when well, it was, yeah. The whole thing was it was supposed to point north. Half the time it didn't. Because they hadn't mapped out longitude yet. They had only mapped out latitude at that point. Uh, they had tried, but it never really worked. Uh, Haley will eventually do that in like 1701. He will painstakingly sail the seas to map the longitude and give us our first sort of map. They were so ignorant of what was actually happening to their compasses that like one of my favorite facts that I found is that some uh, 
some captains would not allow garlic on their ships because they thought the fumes would affect their compass. So that that's the point that we were at from like the 12th century until we got up to Haley, where he finally, I mean, this is a long span of time. It's not just like there were 40 years and then Haley came along and finally fixed it. It was like a couple hundred years where people just didn't know yeah, what he, was going on. He put this idea out in the 17th century? Uh, he put yes. this idea out, yeah, 17th century. Yeah. Uh, so it's yeah. going to be late 17th century, like very, very late. Mm-hmm. 1690s. 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 So his whole proposition here is that the planet is basically a bunch of layers of spheres that are all hollow, um, like spherical shells, I guess. Yeah, con- um, concentric spheres. And they spin in different directions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's still like a central core, but basically each of these layers... Um, have like I think all I found was the word luminous properties, mm-hmm. but like yeah. so there's light, but it doesn't really say like why or how. I, I think he's I think didn't it say he thought that uh, Aurora Borealis was escaping light yeah. from the he core. He did think that uh, he thought yeah. that gas was leaking out, creating Aurora Borealis. Uh, in terms of the luminosity uh, and those properties inside the Earth, he does go back to his own theory. So he when he first presented this theory, he presented it to the. Uh, royal society he presented it to them not once not twice but three times over the course of a couple years and um you had to do that yeah yeah. a lot of times you had to be like my science but then they're like nah you're stupid (laughs) and And then you have to come back and be like but my science he's like nah nah but then he's like but my science and comedy comes in threes so like you know what (laughs) he's on to something here The entire society, he was like, guys, Aurora Borealis. And the, enti- the entire society was like, Aurora Borealis. At this time of the day, at this part of the country, localized entirely in your kitchen. Where's your Paul accent? This is in London. Aurora Borealis. At this time of day, at this part of the country, localized entirely in your teapot. And Haley's like, yes. May we see it? Mm, no. And that's history, all right? Let's move on. So he... With, with the, no, we're done next talking e- about Haley. Yeah, <laughs> next episode. <laughs> so with Haley, uh, the luminous properties, he went back eventually and kind of revised his own theories on how that might be. He also didn't say that the inner... That, like, those inner spheres, which, like, it's easy to think about them as, like, a Russian nesting doll just getting smaller as you go in. Um, yeah. But he didn't say that those were inhabited by anything. He said that he believed there was enough space and that there would be the ability to have luminosity. Therefore, you could have life. So there's a possibility. Um, What he brought up eventually, he went into his own theories and even kind of attacked his own ideas. Um, Not in like a super deep way or anything like that. Um, But he did talk about... He he mostly talked about the luminosity properties, and what he eventually brought up are like the lights that we get over bogs. Um, I can't remember what those are called, but you get like little uh, pockets of gas that, create, that you can create light or fairies. Uh, you can. This is a conspiracy podcast. We don't do science here. But you can They're create moth. lights over the top of moth bogs, man. and he used those type of ideals to explain where people didn't believe him that there could be light down there to prove that there could be properties that could create light. Not that there's always just this perfect emanating light but that it could be there so in some way shape or form oh okay which is kind of interesting um and, and if y'all can't tell cam read an entire book about I, this i read an entire book like i said uh, the hollow earth by david standish i also read a lot of other things but it's a very good book uh 
if you want to read it. Cam's our resident conspiracy theorist madman. Uh, so one of the things, though, that I will say about Haley Halley here is that when you look at his idea of what the Earth was, it's now considered... He basically got oddly it right, comical because he was like correct. not hollow. Right. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. had just built like space in between the layers, but what he was reading was correct. He had done his math to a point correctly where he was seeing different layers of the earth doing things to create the magnetic poles that we so were seeing. Is, yeah, which which as we know is like like the earth crust stuff where it's like each layer of earth, like as we go closer to the center. Do they actually move at all? Well, earthquakes, Resident I guess. Science. Robbie's science corner. Science. <laughs> what, what exactly are we asking moves? Do the layers move at all, or are they just completely solid? Um, sort of. They're kind of plastic in the sense that they can deform but don't really break. They're also under an intense amount of pressure. Cool. Right. Um, when we get earthquakes, that's the crust shifting. Yes. Not necessarily the rest of the layers. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I knew that, but... Just wondering if the rest. Yeah, of we, yeah, we were just at, yeah, we. I totally knew that. I just need the audience. I already to know. knew all that. <laughs> uh, one thing I'll chime in with here is um, the marsh gas, which I've heard of referred to as a will o wisp. Ah, that's ah, what that's they're called. That's, that's what it is. Yeah, that's okay, it. yes. Thank um, you. Yeah, that's um, that's one of those interesting little uh, leaps for a scientist to make because okay, sure, yes, you can. Uh, there are even some kind of rocks that will, under stress, produce lights in the air. Um, there are a lot of ways that this is possible, but, uh, if that were the case for any of these inner shells, one, the atmosphere wouldn't be breathable, two, the tectonic stresses would be enormous. How in the world would you have, like, the shells levitating with space in between? Mm. Fucking magic. magic. I do want to say, though, you say the air would be unbreathable. That's just to humans. Because we've had other situations where things have been locked away in like pure gas environments and have survived. Yeah. So I in terms of humanity, unlivable. But again, he didn't say it was inhabited. He said it could be by other things. He never even said humans. Oh, this isn't just one stated, of the uh, living dinosaur no, bits. This is just him stating that something could live there. Uh, he it was, could sustain He life, was not specific not on those types of details with this. He was very much, I mean, he was very much a scientist. Like, he strayed away from being, he was a scientist of, you know, the late 1600s. He very much did what he could with that time frame and the things that he was finding that people wouldn't find out about for another 300 years. I mean, things that he was catching on to that almost in a way he shouldn't have been. Like, yes. I mean, he actually, I, it's like, you got to kind of feel bad for him because he's sitting here, like, trying to figure out his own theory. And there's points where you feel like he's not really believing it like reading through his story, but that it's the only thing that makes sense in terms of mapping out like all of the magnetic variations he was getting on the planet. Yeah, he did seem like, not not like, I don't know if unconfident about his theories is the right word, but he did seem kind of like, uh... He seemed skeptical. Yeah, skeptical. Like lightly skeptical of his own theories. And that's, again, like I like in my notes, it's like as any good scientist should be. Like yeah. that was Haley like to a fault. Oh yeah, earlier when I was being really sarcastic about the so-called scientists, uh, Hallie is 100% a scientist. Yeah. He's, like, like you said, catching on to things earlier than he has the information to explain them. Yeah. He's the real scientist here. He's the real um, man. He's but real it's not man. really where his theory stops, though. I mean, he did come up with the basis of, like, the rotating spheres 
Is there a name for that? Or is it just Hallie's Hallie's theory? Yeah, I, I've, that's I, just Hallie's theory. I mean, that's just Hallie. that is all of his theory. It's Hallie's Spears. The concentric hollow earth, I guess. And I mean, a lot of his theorizing came from, uh, he worked on, what is it? Philosophy Naturalis Principia Mathematica. Uh, It was something that Newton published back in 1687. Principia Mathematica. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And Haley helped him not only work on it, but also he was the editor for it. He also helped him get it published. And that's where a lot of this began, was looking at Newton's theories and taking those and applying them to Earth. Yes. Um, And Newton will come back into play later. And also just a fun little aside, the only reason that um, uh, Principiomatic... I can't do the accent... Um, the principles of mathematics, translated from Latin, um, the only reason that was uh, actually written was because uh, uh, London was under quarantine for cholera, and Newton could not leave the college he was working at, and so spent several months working on this, and that's where we get pretty much all of modern physics. Neat. Cool. Crazy like any good scientist. So like I was saying, sits in a room. this is not where his theory ends. It gets continued on, kind of just gets rid of all the layers, and we get like our, our modern, just the Earth is one big hollow, hollow thing. Not to be confusing though, I want to say this is where his theory ends. Well, it gets His theory on. ends here. His theory gets expanded on by other people, but his theory is done. It's just the concentric rings. Yeah. Okay. And then it gets expanded on by, uh, was it Euler at first? Yeah, I think first so. One? Yeah, yeah. Euler's next, yeah. So Leonard Euler, um, this is like almost 100 years later, um, he was a Swiss mathematician, and like I said, this is where it gets, like, they basically just get rid of all the layers and just make it one big hollow center. I yeah. keep doing the hand motion, but nobody can see that. <laughs> they can feel it. Oh, yeah. I'll just send my, <laughs> my vibrations. Yeah, send your hollow earth <laughs> vibrations through um, the microphone. They can feel it. Yes. Is he is he the first one to also come up with the tiny sun on the inside? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's it's six hundred mile wide. Which, That's a small sun. <laughs> real small. Can that keep anything warm, or is it just a big radiation light bulb? Uh, also, is it, it considered to have any radiation? That was my question. It's like. Are we just radiating the inside of the They weren't really into radiation at that time frame. I guess that's yeah, true. Yeah, this is one of those... <laughs> it's they, just a light bulb. Okay. Yeah. yeah <laughs> they didn't really know what the sun actually was um, or what it could do. Like, a 600-mile-wide sun would be, like, hyper-dense. That's, like, nearly a black hole. Like, it would be unstable. There's almost no way that that could work. And I'm pretty sure that's actually about the size of the Earth's core, so he's not really that far off. It's just... Oh, no, actually, I'm sorry, never mind. The th- core is like 2,000 miles thick. Oh, jeez, so it's not even... Yeah, it is small. Well, because he had to have room for the space around for people to live in. Our core right now yep. doesn't yep. have that. So it's just like a sun basically floating around in the middle, which is where the light supposedly comes from in this theory it also is where they start basically assuming that like actual life lives there and is this 
Does this include humans, like humanoid, or is this just like extinct animals? Like this is where the dinosaurs went. This is the beginnings of wondering whether or not there are old or is it just life humans, like our ancestors are down there. Okay, uh, yeah. This is the beginnings of like, we have dinosaurs, we have like possibly uh, some plant life. This is where they just started kind of wondering. It was more like philosophy than anything else. Um, yeah. And there wasn't a lot of physical science going on at this point. They were like, what if the dinos didn't die? They just fell into a hole at the North Pole and live in the middle of the Earth. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I love is... the, the visual of a bunch of dinosaurs just toppling into a pit. Oh, no. <laughs> ah, oh, no, I'm a dinosaur. I'm falling. That's a really good dinosaur accent, Jason. Thank you. Yeah, that is exactly what they sounded like, <laughs> as we all know. Yeah, I watched Ice Age, Dawn of the Dinosaurs. I know what's up. We'll get Which into brings us to our next No, it topic. doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Uh... Oh, you'll have your moment. It's the perfect segue. Karen. No, it's not. <laughs> you can just cut that right there and then put it in later. Oh, man. Yeah, um, you can edit, fix it in post. So, yeah, but they, not only did they start to think that there were civilizations, they, start to think, they started to think that there were ancient, advanced civilizations. Was that yeah. started here or was that a little later? This is where people started to build on the idea. When, whether or not they built it on it in like Euler's life. life, I wasn't, I'm not sure about. But I know that those, that is where That's it kind later. of gets muddled. Because there might have been some people around that same time that were starting to build on the civilizations. It wasn't necessarily Euler doing it. But once he started coming out with his own theories, when you have this inner circle of plants and oceans and a sun, people automatically start to assume that there's life and that there's human, I mean, life beyond plants. Yeah. But uh, um, it's also fair to point out that Euler didn't really believe this or wasn't seriously putting this theory forward. This was a thought experiment. Yeah. So it's likely that Euler was basically posing a what if. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it was built on by a Scottish mathematician, uh, a knighted Scottish mathematician. Sir John Leslie. Um, really, the only thing I found that was different was that he said there was two sons. Yeah, there were two sons. Uh, Pluto and Prospering? Persephone. Persephone? Really? No. That's not what I found. I found Prospering. Oh. Yeah. Maybe I wrote Pro- it down. Because I originally thought it said Persephone, and I was like, that doesn't say Persephone. Yeah, there's an R there. Proserpine. Yeah. Proserpine. Proserpine. Yeah. Propane. Proserpine. <laughs> uh, yeah, Proserpine and Pluto. That was really his only difference, though, is that the, just that there are two sons. I didn't even find anything that really elaborated on what that means for the inner world, like what that changes, why he thought there were two sons. It like... He's just like... But also, what if? Yeah. This yeah. Could I mean, that's really all it was. It was just another mathematician that was theorizing. I mean, it really wasn't anything more than that. Exactly. And this uh, is also before Pluto, the... Um, dog. Well... Yes. yes. Yeah. Hey, you know that. what? You're not wrong. This is before Pluto, the dog. Can we talk about this for a minute, though? The, well, How uh, come Goofy lives a normal life while Pluto is a dog? All right. Let's... Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a second. Because Goofy is just a more evolved. But yeah, because he has like gloves. He has those dumb Disney gloves. Are those gloves yeah. or are those their hands? They're. Because they wash them. Yeah. The, they don't in, take off in the a gloves. Goofy, no, in a Goofy movie, uh, Goofy and Peter in the hot tub and they still have their gloves yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. I sh- you don't wear gloves in the hot tub? No. You gotta keep your hands clean. <laughs> <laughs> gotta k- for real, what's up with Pluto? For real. Why is he subjugated to like being. A dog. 
Well, I don't know. Goofy has thumbs and the ability to speak. It's like man yeah. and monkey. Yeah. Yeah. Pluto speaks. Just because you don't understand what he's saying does not mean he doesn't speak. Just bringing up the point that Pluto lives kind of a sad life. Does because he live in while his Earth? fellow dog walks around and sits on couches and drives cars, he eats out of a bowl. He's an advanced... That's my point. He's an advanced race from the Hollow Earth. The yes, whole... Goofy's race climbed obviously, up from the Hollow Earth. I mean, that, that would make more sense, I guess. Alex is trying so hard to get us back on track. <laughs> we're going to move into... So those were two people that were theorizing, though, uh, going this back to... This is the real Euler shit right here. and Leslie. Yeah, okay? this is the real this shit. This is where it gets real. This... John Cleves... Fucking Sims. And his holes. Sims holes. <laughs> the Sims holes theory in about 1818, I think, is when the first paper comes out. So just And this is my favorite thing. I declare the earth is hollow and habitable within, containing a number of solid concentric spheres, one within the other. Okay? Uh-huh. And that it is open at the poles, 12 or 16 degrees. I pledge my life in support of this truth. Mm-hmm. He's into it. Um, and I'm ready to explore the hollow if the world will support and aid me in the undertaking. Signed, John Cleve Sims. Of Ohio, late captain of infantry. Is that what it says? Infantry? I think so. Why does it say infantry? I think he, he was military. Oh, okay. Okay, this is... We're reading from like a newspaper like advertisement, this basically. Is, this is what he brought with him. This is the literal thing that he brought with yeah. him that we're reading from. We'll, we'll put up a it. picture. We'll definitely put up a picture. I saved it to post, which is yeah. why we have it in front of us. Yeah, also, I wanted to double check here, and it says that, that the poles are open 12 or 16 degrees. That's a massive hole. Yeah, have Yo, you seen pictures? So what he it's said, ridiculously yeah, stupid. So he said specifically uh, later on that it was... The North Pole, I believe, is 4,000 miles in diameter, and the South was 6,000 miles yeah. in diameter. Oh, you know, it stands to reason. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's pretty easy just to fall in, to be fair, <laughs> which we'll get into later about some of the and theories about the what is happening. fell in. I mean, and that's I how we got to Ice Age Dawn of the Dinosaurs. Consider this, though. Meteor, if it wiped out all the dinosaurs, just went right? straight through. The Maybe it just went straight through the planet. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it like went right through the hole, like fuck, like the Death Star. Can you imagine like being a dinosaur right thing. on the edge of that, and you just topple over? But then you oh, land no, on solid ground on the inside, because the Earth is hollow. Okay. Yeah. This was that technically circular number one, or is that the thing you have to read? That is circular number one, but it does yeah. go on. There's more to it than it's that. It's titled circular number one. That's right. the intro. And his basic like the abstract. Right. And then, he shouted at people in the streets. And there's more to it. And this is there's more to what he shouted to people in the streets. Uh, so for the quote here, I ask 100 brave companions, well equipped to start from Siberia in the fall season with reindeer and sleighs on the ice of the frozen sea. I engage. We find a warm and rich land stocked with thrifty vegetables and animals, if not men, (laughs) on reaching one degree north northward of latitude 82. We will return in the succeeding spring. So he was not just expecting to find like nothing. He was expecting to find not just beautiful vegetables, but beautiful men. The wording's a little off. Yeah, thrifty vegetables. Has the word thrifty changed over time? I wouldn't pick up thrifty vegetables because those are (laughs) old. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So Sim's theory relied on centrifugal force. That was like the main part of it. So his whole theory is that we started with this uh, primeval liquid planet and as it spun... 
it opened up a hole in the center. And Wait, it really? Faster. Yes. And this... Now, this gets more ridiculous. Wait, I didn't read that. <laughs> he, so, as it spins, it creates this hole in the center. Uh, and then it also throws land outward, which is how we get the mountains and all of that. Did he just, uh, like, spin a glass of water and go, whoa? I mean, he is right. If you have water... And you, people have done experiments, and I watched the videos, if you got water in a sphere and you spin it fast enough, the water does loop down, creating a hollow tube in the middle. Now, Physics. now... Okay. Yes. Oh. Now, then, so this was as the planet was cooling, right? And all the heavier material was pushed outward, which doesn't necessarily explain why there's heavy material that. inward, uh, but that's his thing. Uh, but his model specifically was absence of an interior light. Uh, so he did not believe that there was an interior sun in the earth. Okay. What he believed specifically is that the holes angled in at a specific angle and that the sun would then refract from that and where creating were the holes? light inside. The holes were at the top and the bottom of the earth. North, North and, and South, South Pole. Pole. Uh, and that that would create that would create enough light to be able to get in. And warm up the interior where people could live. He did believe that people could live inside of it. Uh, so he thinks it was just shiny enough. He thinks that the sun was bright enough to where it would be able to bounce off. Into and the go center into the world, of the earth. Into the center of the earth. That's not the dumbest thing we've heard today. Honestly. That is true. But he <laughs> uh, he also threw in, this is one of the things that he just randomly threw in. He said that birds, when they were flying north, that that's where they would go. They would fly into the giant hole and they would live in the interior of the earth. Oh, so they migrate to the center of the they earth. They migrate to the center of the earth. Oh. And yeah. then they feel the need to come back out? Like, why? Well, because eventually it's got to get cold in there, I guess, at some point. Um, <laughs> it's a magical utopia. He, so one of the big things with Sims here... Um, before we get into like a friend of his. He was a genius. It's mm-hmm. actually the opposite. No one really knows where his theories developed because he wasn't necessarily the smartest brain. guy. He wasn't necessarily yeah. a scientist or anything like that. He was, I mean, he was a captain. I mean, his full title is Captain John Cleve Sims. So he did like, he sailed consistently. He fought in the military so, I mean, he has, like, that kind of a background, like, a navigational background, but he doesn't have, like, a science background at all. But he did read a lot when he was a kid, uh, to the point where, like, his dad would bring it up to him, apparently. Like, you read too much. That was, like, the point. I don't really know what else there was to do back then. Yeah. We're would. talking 1818. Sail the seas, Dan. Was when his theory came out. So Sail the seas. Yeah, you're, you're 13 years <laughs> old. It's time for you to stop reading and start having kids. Uh, yeah, but that's, that's really what he, what he told me. <clears throat> and this is also a thing he because he didn't have a science background, he never wrote a full compilation of his stories. He never did that. He wrote random scattered notes, and he gave random scattered lectures. So he's like in his Earth, apparently very mm-hmm. nasally voice. He apparently that's like one thing that's described consistently is he had a very nasally annoying voice to listen to. <laughs> That's Which, to be remembered for anything, that's one thing. You're lecturing on your scientific theory, and people are like, you sound like a flute. That's... Like a, f- <laughs> like a flute? A flute? I've never oh, heard no. that before. That's not nasally. Sure it is. Maybe like a recorder. Okay, I could, I could go with recorder. So a cheap flute. Uh, Abra- Abraham Lincoln was described as having a voice like a tea kettle. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. 
Oh, he had a very high pitched voice, apparently. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Uh, <laughs> it really puts the entire Gettysburg Address in a new light if you do it in an Elmo voice. So, in fact, <laughs> it wasn't until uh, James McBride, one of Sims' followers, came along uh, in 1826. He wrote Sims' Theory of Concentric Spheres. And it was that that first compiled all of Sims' random theories into something that was attainable. Something that you could understand to a point. There is someone that uh, I said I was going to talk about briefly. Uh, you forgot to bring up that the part of this theory is that all planets are hollow. Oh. Yes. Everything is hollow. Oh, hollow yeah. moon, hollow Mars, hollow Earth, hollow solar system. Okay. Hollow yeah. sun? Hollow asteroids. Hollow stars. The sun hollow is a star. rainbows. <laughs> hollow rocks. Okay, so yeah, so he believed in other (laughs) hollow planets as well. Everything is hollow. The main thing for him was Earth, though. Well, yeah, Um, but I mean, he he definitely pointed out that it's not just Earth that has this magical science that you mentioned earlier with the spinning. It's why everything is round and also hollow. Yeah, Uh, but a lot of people think that he actually got his ideas from uh, a very unfortunately well-known person, uh, Cotton Mather. Uh, yeah, very unfortunately. This man, for people that don't know, uh, he was a Puritan, and he is the... Uh, oh, yeah. L- he's the man who led us into the Salem Witch Trials. I'm sorry witch I trials. questioned it. Yeah. He's, <laughs> I forgot. He is the man who led us into the Salem Witch Trials mm. on his fun science. However, he was also a member of the Royal Society. He was uh, put in in 1713. Uh, he was also a scientist, regardless of his religious beliefs and his constant nagging of people that might be witches he uh he did have some actual science like he uh he wrote a book in 1721 called the christian philosopher that was considered the first general book of science written in america so we have that written by a very religious human being he also like we said earlier with the royal society they were not about using religious means or magic or anything like that he didn't see this as a problem Mather, in fact, used it to his advantage, and then he would combine their scientific theories with how that works in God's plan. That was very much his whole reason of being in the Royal Society in the first place. But he had most likely, his books had most likely been read by Sims, since Sims was kind of a bookworm as a kid. So you're saying he was before Sims. Right. Mather theorized, based on Halley and based on the density observations of newton that the earth was not only hollow but that the lower levels did in fact support life and it was mather that really attached himself to that so like we were talking about euler and like where that theory developed mather was one of the ones that first really started writing about that and again we're i mean we're talking about a prominent member of the royal society like a scientific community not just some random person um which would probably be why everybody latched onto him for the Salem witch trials as well. He wasn't just some random like religious priest. He was a scientist. Uh, but then Sims took these ideas and a lot of his ideas are very similar to what Mathers or Mather had come up with. Um, and he kind of takes that and then he just puts two openings in the planet to get down to where the life is. But I thought it was an interesting thing just because I wasn't expecting religious persecution of witches to lead to hollow earth to lead to the royal society of science i feel like this is kind of something that comes up a lot is it's kind of baffling how many people actually did have a hollow earth theory and like how many people that were renowned as scientists actually like 
thought the earth could be hollow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I have a question. Does anybody know if Cotton Mather actually um, was right about a single damn thing? No, actually, <laughs> the majority of his uh, book, The uh, Christian Philosopher, that, that science was used for a very long time. He was actually a very intelligent human being. But is being. he right? Huh. Yo, he was for a very long time. I mean, until science develops, we find out more things. He wasn't wrong. He was missing things along the way. He just wasn't right. He's actually uh, a fascinating person that I, in a later episode of a different theory, for the, I want to do the Salem Witch Trials eventually, and I want to talk about him in that. Because he is an interesting person, but he's important enough to bring up here because most likely he's the precursor to what Sims kind of started believing. What started Sims' whole idea of the people inside the earth. And what we'll talk about later is Sims very much fantasizes about that into a written literature form as well. Because when his theories weren't accepted, like he turns to fiction. And so and creates a whole different thing. Um so he Sims is like every time you look up Hollow Earth, Sims is kinda one of those people that's like he's really the dude that like got the ball rolling. The hollow, the hollow ball. Roll. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Ah, uh-huh. Jason's got it. I got it. <laughs> are you going to tell me balls are not hollow? And so, Did you play dodgeball? Yeah. Okay. They're hollow. I'm not making the argument that some <laughs> things aren't hollow. <laughs> Everything That's is good. fucking solid. <laughs> some things are hollow. Okay, Ebert? Jeez. We literally had bagels on the table this morning. But, okay. It's not- I, let's talk about Jeremiah. What about Jeremiah? He's a cool dude. He was a believer in Sims theories. Sims. Sims, Sims holes. He yeah. loved Sims holes. Loves uh, Sims holes. I, I read, so on the notes, is he did a touring lecture together with Sims to promote the theory because he was a big believer in it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I read that, I thought it said torturing lecture. <laughs> From what I hear what? about how Sims lectures sounded, it sounds like torture. It was just oh, Sims. Really? He was like apparently a terrible speaker. Yeah. But then oh. like Jeremiah Reynolds was the guy that like he had the charisma. So ah. he was really the one that like spread the theory. He had because the, he's okay. like, hey, listen. He had the listen. charisma and he had the real science behind it. Reynolds came in as his assistant and slowly took kind of like right by his like on stage, he was like right by his side. They 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 kind of lectured together. And that's kind of where Reynolds really helped further this whole theory of the holes at either end of the earth. He was very much a believer in what Sims had to offer. It didn't necessarily work out between the two of them. They had a falling out. It was mostly because Sims, like you said, was kind of like, let's just develop this theory further. And then we could also add this thing and this thing and this thing. And that's cool. Like, what about this idea? But what Reynolds wanted to do was actually, like, rein it in and put together an expedition just to, like, go see. Like, But, yeah, he wanted to actually go to the poles and actually, like, see if there's actually, like, an entrance that you can go in and, like, go to the pole or to the hollow earth. Right. Um, So they kind of, like, clashed on that. And eventually it just, the relationship crumbled. And this was shortly before Sims died, too. I mean, like, they were really close, and then they had the falling out, and they very much split up, and then Sims kind of died, like, a couple years later. Uh, Meanwhile, Reynolds, uh, to his credit, he did further the research in in hopes of finding Sims' theory to be correct. Uh, He pushed for scientific exploration. Uh Uh, Very much so. He eventually did convince the government to uh to go on an expedition as well but (laughs) reynolds yeah yeah but before we talk about that i want to bring up sim's death real quick 
He died. So Sims. Anyway, Reynolds. So Sims died. He is so dead. And uh, Captain Sims is dead. After Sims died, it wasn't just Reynolds that carried on the legacy. It was also Americus, uh, Sims' son. Um, yeah. Uh, he actually carried it on until the 1880s. Uh, he wrote multiple books on his dad's theory. He gave tons of interviews. He'd actually gathered quite a bit of a following. And then he eventually erected a memorial a in nice donut Ohio. Right, and it's it's got a hollow globe, but if you look at it, it, it looks, looks like, like a donut a, from yeah. The Simpsons. Like it, <laughs> it just looks like a donut on a pedestal. And uh, this is actually still in Ohio. It's in Hamilton, Ohio, to this very day. Um, the and Hollow Earth Monument. It's a Hollow Earth Monument, and it is his gravesite. And uh, one side of the plaque there reads, and a quote. Uh, Captain John Cleve Sims as a philosopher and the originator of Sims' theory of concentric spheres and polar voids. He contended that the Earth is hollow and habitable within. That is the end of Sims' legacy there. Uh, but I thought it was kind of nice that his son like put something as this you know point to his dad. He didn't just continue the theory. He left something to, for his dad to be remembered by. But we have someone else. We have Reynolds, who not only... He was the younger, the cooler version with the better ideas. He really was. Reynolds, you mentioned he went on an expedition. He yeah. did. Right? So he decided to go to the South Pole. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, And he got the funding <laughs> for it from the government, right? Was that what the... So, or I think the South Pole was his private funding one. The right? South Pole, yeah. they were both his private funding. He didn't get funding oh. from the government ever. Oh. Well, uh, they the... abandoned him. And they did an excursion themselves. Yeah, because yeah, once they got to somewhere in South America, the crew decided to mutiny and just to become pirates because they thought it'd be cool, I guess. <laughs> the fun- a bunch of scientists. Yeah, this is, yeah. This is not We're just like, a ragtag crew. Yeah. This is like scientists and engineers, a banker. And they they maroon him on an island, and then they leave to go be pirates. Yep. It's, uh, it's who does that? His crew is basically a bunch of six year olds who got bored playing like archaeological exposition. Is like, no, we're pirates now. Oh, so I, you can't play. I mean, to be fair, we're they, leaving you in South America. They had already done one expedition with him, and had found no giant hole. And then they're yeah, doing this so expedition. And, and they see no some, and, they, and they like they happen to pass by some pirates, and they're like having the time of their lives, just having a sick party. And they're like, "Oh, I want to do that. I want to be a pirate." Just throw them off. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, so where did Jeremiah we are a go pirate. from there? Uh, so he settled down for a little bit, and he wrote the story, Matcha Dick, Mocha Dick, Matcha Dick, Mocha Dick, Matcha Dick. One of those coffee drinks. Who knows? <laughs> it was yeah, never the... ordering a matcha dick. <laughs> Can I have a matcha dick va- vente? And, uh... um, it's not a... contrary to popular belief. It is not a porn parody. I put that in for us, not yeah, for the podcast. <laughs> it is not a porn parody of, but it is the influence for Moby Dick yeah. by Herman Melville. Apparently, which I did not know. Yeah, uh, Reynolds had heard of random stories off the coast of Chile about this giant whale. While he was abandoned in South America. Yeah, as he was sailing, and then when he was abandoned, he decided to go right. Because, like, when you're what abandoned... what else are you going to do? But yeah, when you watch a bunch of scientists become pirates, what else are you going to do? <laughs> become a fucking pirate. So, become a pirate yourself, yeah. Become a pirate of pirates. Get, like, a little rowboat. Just go out. So when people say Moby Dick is based off of a true story, though... It is based off of a story that's based off of some tales that a guy had heard from the coast of Chile. Yeah. Uh, 
And it was mostly just about a whale that had attacked some boats or possibly just accidentally run into them. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of hard to say, honestly. Or some people just saw a whale. Or someone, yeah, just made it up. And then Mocha Dick is actually based off of something else. I don't know, like Latte Dick at, at this point. Latte Dick. <laughs> I'll have a Latte Dick, please. So we, we mentioned that he tried to get funding from the government, right? Mm-hmm. From the U.S. government. And they kept telling him no. And um, actually what he kind of indirectly did was he inspired the big one, the Great United States Exploring Expedition, that was the the expedition to actually map Antarctica. Right. Um, but he wasn't allowed to go. Yeah. <laughs> like, basically, this is all his idea. And, of course, the U.S. government is like, that's a good idea. Like, I came up with that. Let's go do that. Well, I think, to be fair, the U.S. government was like, hey, wait, hang on a second. What happened with your last crew? Oh. Oh, oh you're staying home. Yeah. You're staying home, sweet pea. Yeah. So, like, in 19... Or 1838, uh, they they sail to Antarctica, and that's when it becomes an actual continent. It's actually mapped as somewhere that has land. It's not just a bunch of ice floating around out in the ocean. Yep. It's yeah. a real, actual place. It became the seventh so, continent. Thanks to Jeremiah Reynolds, and indirectly, I guess, also Sims. Um, Sims holes made Antarctica. All right, moving on. <laughs> we come to Cyrus Reed Teed. Cyrus Reed Teed. Cyrus Reed Who edited Teed. it? Ugh. It's R-E-A-D. No, it's R-E-E-D. No, it's A. It's R-E-E-D. Because he reads. Cyrus Reed Teed. Reed He's Teed. actually from my neck of the woods, wow. upstate New York. Wow. Which doesn't make me feel good about. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's an alchemist back when we still used that word with a straight face. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, tried to when find that was a real thing. victory over death, i.e. the Philosopher's Stone. Yep. I.e. one of the better Harry Potter books, I'd say. True. <laughs> the origins. Called the Sorcerer's Stone in America. Because people think we're retarded. Yep. <laughs> um, he preached his belief that he discovered the secret law and beheld the precipitation of golden radiations and eagerly watched the transformation of forces to the minute molecules of golden dust as they fell in showers through the lucid electroalchemical fluid. Thank you. Holy nonsense. <laughs> that was a quote. <laughs> That, yeah, that was a direct quote, yeah. Yeah, just as an example of how he speaks. Uh, in the book I read, one thing that I love that the author puts is uh, Teed loves his $9 words and isn't afraid to create new ones. Hmm. Yeah. Yes, yeah. He, he was a big talker, but I mean, he was a cultist. Um, yes. And that seems to be a necessary trait yeah. to lead a cult. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, the bit that I read was that he, uh, while trying to... Uh, figure out the key to longevity, electrocuted himself. And when (laughs) he woke up, he was like, oh, I get it now. I'm Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. Supposedly. As you do. He had, when we, after that first quote, he tried another experiment. People think he electrocuted himself. He doesn't say that. Hey, it happened. But he was an electro alchemist. His word. Uh, I, I saw another one. I don't know if I wrote it down. It was something else stupid. It was like alchemico something. The V. I don't his, remember. I'll have to find it. His whole thing was that he could transmute and transform uh, physical substances into energy. That was like his whole thing that he believed through his myriad of vials and literally just Barry Allen's closet. Nicely put. He, he was into natural medicine. Yeah. Don't just casually throw right. a DC reference into this. <laughs> what? 
Nah, I didn't do that. He's not wearing a DC shirt. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's plain. It supposedly uh, created this vivid uh, illusion or vision of God herself, specifically. Goddess. She, she yeah. says that she is the father, son, and mother. That's a quote from Illumination from 1869. Uh, is that one book. that he wrote? Yeah. Mm. yeah he Hashtag wrote her story. Hashtag her story. Uh, yeah. That was the subtitle of the book, actually. Yeah. Illumination. Hashtag, hashtag. her story. People don't credit him as the for the creator of hashtags. but <laughs> The origin of He loves feminism. his $9 words. <laughs> so, is but, this where it lumps in with Hollow Earth? Well, this is essentially where, like... He begins. Uh, I do want to bring up one fun point. He's not the only person in his family uh, that had a, a vivid dream about God. Uh, the other one was uh, what's his name? Who started the Mormons? Uh, Joseph. Oh, uh, Smith. John Smith. Joseph Smith. John yeah. Smith. Joseph. Joseph Smith. John Mormon. Joseph. Uh, but he was actually they were cousins. So they both had their own indirect. Oh, really? oh indirectly my god! So that's in- he runs in the family. <laughs> yeah, I was about to. Yeah, it's 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 uh, hereditary. Yeah. Yes. So so they both had visions from God. One, oh. however, went very different than the other. Wow. Where like T says specifically, like he was touched by his own family. Okay, that makes this story even more hilarious because T is basically a fucking failure. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's very much a failure. So he yeah. does all these things, right? He's basically into mysticism and alchemy and making people live forever, so he believes. Uh, like I said, natural healing, yeah. as we put it nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, like he, he has his, like, he has his store down in, like, Old Town. Yeah. He uses crystals of, for deodorant. Yeah, crystals and, like, all the tie-dye shirts and stuff. And like incense. incense. And he's very much in touch with his feminine side, which was, like, his whole point was that yeah. God herself showed him that. his feminine side. What did, what did she show him? Okay. She showed him that staff he with two is in an <laughs> egg. Okay. So this is where Hollow Earth literally gets flipped. Um, yeah. Yeah. He, his theory basically was that we're actually inside the hollow earth. This is the hollow part. And all the stars and like the moon and the sun and the planets and everything is some kind of mystical illusion caused by something. (coughs) It's not a a mystical illusion. It's a ball of light that is reflecting off of different surfaces around Are you saying our ball of light is reflecting off of the shell? That's what the sun is. Is The sun is the main light. And that's where like... Mm. It's not like magic, though. He doesn't think it's magic. Mm. Well, he thinks it's alchemy. So he kinds of thinks it's magic. <laughs> he's, he's a bridge. And I, one thing I did read, too, is... So if you think about it, what's the word? I always forget. Is it concave? Is this concave? Uh, concave. Yeah. Yeah. And then convex. So, yeah. Cave. Vex. What cave. Which one is it? Yes, keep making hand motions for I'm the confused. audience. Yeah. So people can see it. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. So he, in his concave earth theory basically is what this is um you would think that if you're on the inside of the earth right if you look up you should be able to see the other side yeah you'd think but you can't because the atmosphere is so dense that really you can't see anything past the sun yep that's how atmosphere works yep Mm -hmm. and so you just you can't see even the edges it's just flat but it's it's not okay yeah um because of the atmosphere also where does the sun go at night don't worry about it well This is my favorite part. (laughs) (laughs) 
So. Isn't this interesting? How does how does night happen? You know, if we're in the middle and there's a sun in the middle, you'd think it'd be light all the time, right? Yeah. Not necessarily. <gasps> because the sun is half light and half dark. What? And so when it <laughs> rotates. All right. And we got the dark side of the sun, not the moon. Oh. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> so the, the sun is half light and half dark. That's why we get night, which still makes sense. Okay. Uh-huh. So. You know, this is very clear. Let's see. I think that's, those are my favorite parts of his hollow earth theory or concave earth theory, I guess. So Mm -hmm. you may be wondering like what then would be the moon and the stars and things like that. And that's what we were talking about. They are illusions. They are like refractions, reflections, whatever he wants to call them. A very clear illusion of the moon that happens every day and night. Exactly. With the exact same reflection with... The and, exact same craters. And he had... So he eventually changes his name to Koresh. Koresh. Uh, and we get our Koreshian the k- gospel. Koreshian, Koreshian ideology. gospel and ideologies. Religion. Yeah. You want to raise some of those? Sure. Just like all the bullet points. Yeah, those little bullet so points. These are all f- like uh, rules of uh, Koreshian. Oh, God. Of Koreshian ideology. Yeah. Okay. Bullet number one, the universe itself is a cell, hollow globe, and all life exists within the inner concave. Can I make a note real quick? Sure. This means the entire universe. Yeah, yeah. Not just like our solar system is an egg. The universe. This is everything and is in a cell. And there's science behind this, okay? okay? So just get ready Continue. For that. But continue. Yeah. <laughs> Number two, matter is interconvertible with energy. Number three, reincarnation is the base law of life. very heavily believed in reincarnation yeah uh next one heaven and hell are conditions of the mind spirit so he believed that heaven and hell were real but they were real because people believed them and that's where people could go if death was a thing but he didn't believe in death he believed in reincarnation and also later immortality so in other words heaven and hell are spiritual planes that only exist in your mind okay are they like fairies like if you say you don't you don't believe in them then they cease to exist I think that's how that works. The but next thing, the Bible is mere symbolism for the Word of God. Symbolism. Symbolism. He believed people should read it, but he didn't think that any of it actually came from God. It was just a mm-hmm. metaphor for God. And equality is a falsity. There is no. There is not uniformity. That's funny to me because his, his like little cult, like their what do you call it? Where cult. they were? Compound like, group. Really compound. They called themselves the the Koreshian Unity. Right. Oh, yeah. He. But he said equality is a falsity, and there's no uniformity. But it, but at the same time, he preached that, and we we honestly should do like a side episode on him eventually because he preached that God created man and woman equally, but that man and woman were not equal. It was a very confusing ideology that he seemed to have it was misogynistic at times and at other times very much about uniformity but he his basic ideologies were not about uniformity he believed everything was through equity mm-hmm. rather than equality so to further the ideology here uh one of the best summaries of this um so that you can understand kind of the science behind it uh was science. written by robert s fogarty uh he oh, another robert. he's yeah there's a lot there of roberts in this a lot of Roberts and one Ebert. Uh, uh, it's almost as if we're all nuts. <laughs> uh, Robert S. Fogarty, who did not seem to believe this, he was just summarizing the ideology of Koresh and his beliefs. Uh, and I quote, 
The sun is an invisible electromagnetic battery revolving in the universe's mm. center on a 24-year cycle. Our visible sun is only a reflection, as is the moon, with the stars reflecting off seven mercurial disks that float in the sphere's center. Inside the Earth, there are three separate atmospheres, the first composed of oxygen and nitrogen, and the closest to the Earth, uh, and then the second is a hydrogen atmosphere above... <laughs> Above gold, above a gold rind on the outermost layer, mm. the finest of cheeses. Mm -hmm. and the middle five are mineral, and the five inward layers are the geologic strata. Inside the shell, there is life. Outside, just a void. Uh, one can then understand why the Koreshian group was reported to have sported badges, which proclaimed, we live on the inside. And the note here is that electromagnetism is what actually holds the world together, uh, moving away from gravity a little bit. And... Uh, you should see the look on Robert's <laughs> face. <laughs> and it helps to account for creating enough heat to form volcanoes as the electro... Oh, as the electricity good. shoots through the outer shell, it creates we heat need a map. that builds up. I don't get it. And it, we'll put up a picture so that you can understand okay. more of what we're talking about here. But that is the basis of it. It's that is the best summary I found. Did okay. you find a map? Huh? Yeah. No, there's maps of it. Okay. Yeah, there's maps of what he believes, and there's maps with the layering too. Of like, like the whole universe. Yeah, and of like how like how our world works uh, from just the our inside. world or like the whole like. Well, there's no world outside. Remember, this is just that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's just the okay. globe that we live in, <laughs> and the void outside. And there's layers of like rock and like whatever he put in here. Your face is I'm so mad right now. <laughs> <laughs> this Talk. is also uh, weirdly similar to an episode of OG Star Trek called The World is Hollow and I Have Touched the Sky. Huh. It's also really, really nonsensical and also really misogynistic. Oh, yeah. Okay. Original Star Trek. Yeah. 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 Mm. What was that, 60s? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Late 60s. Quite the time. Mm -hmm. Quite the time. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's the most, that's the least convoluted version of what Koresh believes. Okay. <laughs> <And> <laughs> it's, yeah, the, uh -huh. it's the easiest way to understand it. Again, we'll put up an image so that you can Earth see. Thing. There's but, more than just, like, they don't, they're not, like, a cult specifically centered around hollow Earth. They're centered around the idea that they live inside of the Earth, though, and that's where he gets all of his values from. And a lot of his, like, the population is too, like, the, the population's too heavy, which he was actually progressive on. He thought that people were uh, having children <laughs> at way too quick of a rate and that the world was going to overflow with people because he also thought we were in a ball and like there is nowhere else to go. So once you fill up the world with people, you're just there. That's, you can't go outside of the ball. There's nothing there. So they, they took all these people that he built a following with and they they built a nice little colony in Florida. Um, of course it would be Florida. Right? <laughs> and then it became an actual, like it's still there. It's a town called Estero. Um hmm. But it was the the Croatian unity. Apparently, it was like a really nice town. Actually, like they built like nice parks and they had a store and like they had their own orchestra. Yeah, um, something like 160 acres worth of stuff. Yeah, there was about uh. 200 ish people. Um, huh. And now it's actually like a historic site in Estero, um, so we could go there see see the cult. 
Yeah. I saw a lot of things that kind of refer to this as like a cult in like quotations, like it's not necessarily a cult. And then I saw a lot of other things that were like, this is definitely a cult. These people are crazy. <laughs> so yeah, it just depends on what you believe. He was very... It's the last one. It's the second <laughs> one. And you're not alone in that. The people of the time very much thought he was a loon. Like that was the word I consistently yeah. saw used. So like he was crazy. He not only was not liked he was hated to the point of having to move constantly like states and then, like he would like, have to consistently just leave. it wasn't too long after building the colony in florida um that he died uh so that, that's why i was kind of saying earlier that he's just a big failure because he never really was able to like make it as big as he wanted to you say that but he did have the rectilineator now in correction theory you may be wondering how does the world bend if it bends up right now, this is like the stuff that the flat earthers do, but like, <laughs> but like, I don't know. It seems more convoluted. This so way. the world bends up at a rate of eight inches for every one mile. That is our planet. Okay. Uh, <laughs> do the math real quick. <laughs> uh, do the, so the rectilineator <laughs> was built and it is a device. That Wait, was, it's a device? Yeah. No, there's pictures of it. Oh, yeah, we'll put up pictures I tried, of it. Okay, I tried to read this, and I was like, what the fuck? No, this is an important <laughs> thing, because they did test their theory successfully with so no evidence. Say. Successfully with no evidence. Uh, but Why did you say that twice exactly because the same way? Because, it's, because they did the test twice exactly the same way. Oh. And um. once it worked, and the first time, though, it did not work. The first time, they said they were on land that wasn't even... Therefore, it wasn't curving at the rate they thought. This was basically a set of pillars that in then had Florida? a straight line in the middle. I'm sure the land was just sinking in. And then they <laughs> would basically, like, they would test that line to see where it started to curve up. Because at a certain point, it has to, based on their theory, right? First time, it was unsuccessful. The second time, they did succeed in proving that the Earth went up at about 120 inches at, to the point they tested. Wouldn't that be like... No, they tested, like, a huge length. Like, we're talking a very long length. But they... So it actually okay. was better than they thought. That was their whole thing. They have no evidence of it, though. And they didn't show it to anyone. This was their own thing. But regardless of what we say, they prove their theory is correct. Maybe only to themselves. But they prove their theory only is correct. Only to themselves. Only. Definitely only. <laughs> definitely only to themselves. Uh, but they at least tried to put some kind of science behind it that wasn't just alchemy. The mixture of magic and pseudoscience. Oh yeah, you know all those real scientists who are like, hey, I successfully proved this. Oh, cool. Can we see the data? No. <laughs> Can I see it? No. <laughs> but I proved it. But yeah. I proved it. Um, you're just going to have to take me at my word. Well, that just sounds suspiciously like a religion. Or perhaps a cult? I don't know. Math? What's the uh, math? I, it's going to take way too long. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it took a while. So going into this... So uh, he died, Jason. How'd he die? Right, but he thought he was immortal. So his death... Yeah. Surprise, right? Right. Because again, and he thought he was the reincarnation of Jesus Christ. Yep. So of course, all of his followers waited uh, three days for him to resurrect. He he did not do a good job. <laughs> corpse sitting and, out. And uh, something I just found out from reading these notes is his body was washed away by a hurricane. So, 
What, what is that? <laughs> so here's the story. They leave him out for like three days, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, he's going to come back to life. It's just taking him some time. I mean, he's not dead, <laughs> just obviously. Him, just, you just give, just give him a little while. And I think it was the government or like they come by and they're like, hey, this guy is dead. Like, you need to bury him and stop being a bunch of fucking weirdos. <laughs> he's rotting at he's, that point. Yeah, he's uh, dead, dead. <laughs> so they bury him, right? And they're like, nah. Nah, he's going to come back, right? So they dig him up again to check. Still rotting. He's still dead. He didn't come back. Okay? And then Florida, you know, out there in in the east on the ocean, uh, they get hit with a fucking hurricane. Awesome. Wow. And so they lose his body in the hurricane. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) And the only thing they have left is his headstone. Oh, no. They were never able to find his body again. What if he came? He might have resurrected. Yeah. What if he he resurrected (laughs) just in the middle of the hurricane? That's what I was thinking when Cam told me that. Lightning strikes and he's like, oh, my God, I was right. But then only to be thrown into the ocean by the wind. (laughs) Well, there was apparently a witness, one of the groundskeepers. Of what? Of the the body being (laughs) pulled. <laughs> One of the groundskeepers had left oh, the area no. because of the hurricane, and he said that a tidal wave came in. It took like the cottage that was on the grounds away. It took away a lot of the headstones, but specifically, it took his body because the grave was open. Yeah. So it just <sighs> swept his body out to sea. Yeah. They found the gravestone, but that was the only thing. Yeah. yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. Unfortunately, darkly hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> For a man's life to be like it was, where everyone hated him and he never fit in and he couldn't he couldn't find a place to just settle down, even his grave, he can't just rest there. Now he's dead with Davy Jones and all of Sims Pirates. Oh wait, no, Jeremiah's Pirates. Yeah. Oh. So, arr, I think arr, that's arr. our last... That is that's our... That's the last big one. Our last man of the, of the yeah. first bit here. These are these are the origin stories. Um, yeah. This is where it all began. Hollow this Earth is Arkham how, Origins. Yes. This is how the theory started. Yeah. And I think Robert's what? about ready to kill himself. <laughs> no. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah. I'm just saying, if you had a giant god put Earth in a gun, it would be the deadliest bullet because it's a hollow point. What the fuck? So what are you talking was- about? <laughs> <laughs> so that was I'll write it one day. Oh my. So let's let's just go over that real quick, okay? Yeah. Where are we at now with Hollow Earth theory? What's the summary? Okay. Um, basically, extinct animals like dinosaurs and mammoths probably live inside the Earth. We have one big hollow Earth. Mm-hmm. No layers. So at this point, we can generalize some of the theories down into. Uh, if we live on the outside of a hollow sphere or the inside of one. Yes. Uh, at this point, I think as we're uh, approaching the 20th century, we've done away with those absolutely ridiculous ideas of inner shells. Yeah. What? Get out of here. Get out of town. So either we live on the inside or we live on the outside and there are dinosaurs and mogwai and all the other little creatures that you don't know where they come from. Possibly better humans. Yes. <laughs> Advanced life humans. forms. I also just realized that Mogwai are from Gremlins. Uh, what's the... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Morlocks. There we go. Yeah. Morlocks is what I was going for. Scrat from Ice Age. <laughs> All the characters from Ice Age. <laughs> Probably. I mean, where the fuck else We're going to let yeah. you get into it. <laughs> <laughs> so there's usually light somehow. Yeah. On the inside. Or Tiny I guess suns. on 
wherever. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like the tiny sun theory is the one that sticks. Yeah. The, the little sun suspended on the inside, if we're talking about the inside of the Earth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I put a note here. Thanks to hollow Earth enthusiasts, we have Antarctica. Yeah, we do. Because of Something them, positive came out of this. People were willing to sail. the theory. Yeah, people, nobody <laughs> thought that there was a continent out there. Everyone thought it was just a bunch of ice. Yeah. yeah. So the fact that they were able to push people to go out there and see land for the first time mm-hmm. is kind of amazing. And a lot of people... We, we said it was the American exploration that found that. However, the British also claim it, and no, so do... No, 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 no. Americans are the only ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're the only ones. We do it. The British America, and we do I it. think it was the Spanish also laid claim to it, uh, which, yeah. of course, they were all rivals at the time. So, uh, but at least what we can say definitively, the reason, like... American maps of Antarctica were because we of, because of Sims specifically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I mean Reynolds pushed it, but it was off of Sims ideas. Yeah, but he it's because he thought so there like, was a hole out there, not because there was land. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, no, that that's so that's 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 something cool. That's something cool. And remember, with Hollow Earth theory, like we get into these conspiracies, and a lot of times it's just random people that believe in it. There's nothing like completely real to it, uh, as we had in our last episode. We kind of had that and. With this, there are scientists that actually, like, throughout history have tried to prove that this is real. There's people like Haley who, or Halley, who might have been off slightly compared to what our modern, like, view of what the Earth is, but he had the idea of what was going on. Still impressive to me that yeah. he was able to figure that out to a degree that he was in he just 1690. Made it, solid. it was just like, made it it solid. Was, yeah, it was just, it was like a first draft. <laughs> You know, of like figuring out about like Earth stuff. And he was like, there's got to be a scientific explanation while everybody else was like, garlic is affecting compasses. (laughs) So, (laughs) it's impressive. Oh, yes. It's definitely, I I give him a lot of credit. Like a key of science is being able to admit when you're wrong or admit that you might not have all the facts. And uh, Halley did that. He did, very much. So he's the hero. Yeah. He's the hero of our story. Thank you for joining us in part one of the Hollow Earth. Thanks, Ebert, for joining the madness. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm just biding my time. Jesus. <laughs> Get ready. Uh, he'll be here again next episode. Hooray! We're going to do a three-parter with a special guest every time. Sometimes it'll be Ebert, sometimes it'll be Robert, other times it'll be Ebert. Engelbert. 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 Yes. Engelbert? Engelbert Humperdinck is Engel- a real person. Yes, I've heard that name oh, before. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard that name. I've heard that before. Uh, yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, so we'll have all four of us here next time. Thank you for listening to Conspiracy Say us. What. Where are you going to follow us at? Facebook, Twitter, like us. Tell us what you think. We've gotten some nice reviews recently, so thank you. We have. Thank you so much. Um, keep it coming. Tell us if we suck, too. I mean, if you if you think we suck, that's okay. Draw fan art of Cameron. Yeah, draw fan I, art of Cameron. Draw, draw fan, draw art, fan of art of Draw fan art of Cameron being swept away by a hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jason is still waiting for your smut about Mothman. Oh, yeah. And all of our other fun characters. Yeah, and um, if you haven't listened to any prior episodes, go back and give them a listen. Let us know what you think. Uh, if not, then just stick with us for the rest of them. Okay, um, thanks. But, okay, thanks. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Space dishes. Bye. 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 See how it echoes because the Earth is falling?